This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And I'm coming to you, and I'm so happy to say it, we're coming to you on a Wednesday night recording back in the boozer where we normally are. We're back in the globe. Woo-hoo. Oh, get a bit more excited about this. That's more like it. We're in the globe, boozer. We used to record podcasts every week in the pub and I think the lockdown came and there was a little bit of laziness set in and also just a little bit of convenience and also a little bit of just, I don't know what it was, but um, kind of got out of the habit. But we thought, tell you something, we made this massive effort to come all the way down here to the Globe to record this pod online, actually, aren't I, lady? Yeah, we were invited to the stadium on a stadium tour, so we, we thought we'd be lazy and kill two birds with one stone. So you didn't have to tell the whole world. Anyway, look, I'm Billy Grant here and I'm sitting here in the globe with my chums and I've got chums in the studio with me. I, I love saying that word as well. Studio. Pub. Studio as it is as well. And uh, I'll tell you what we've done as well because, you know, the last few weeks has just been you and me, Laney, just like on the lonesome, sitting there just talking about football as we love to do. And, you know, apparently it's not enough for some people, just you and me. It's not, it's not enough for people. I think but people have been so used to us having, like, you know, when we were at the pub, we used to have five, six, seven, eight people, and, and we've come down to bare bones now. And uh, but not, to, not tonight, Bill. No, not tonight, because what we did is that we just basically went down the high street and we just dragged anybody and everybody and told them to come down uh, the, we, the boozer with us. It's not just anyone. It's not just anyone. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Joey. But first of all, we've got Laney in the house. Evening. <laughs> How you doing? Good, 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 yeah. You, you've enjoyed your uh, post-weekend? Yeah, I have. I've, I've, had a, I've had a good couple of weeks, me. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight, though. Right, which is all good. And also, we managed to drag someone off the street as well. There's a man who, he's on the podcast every week, but he's on the podcast in a different format. But we thought we'd get him in the real format here, get a pint in front of him, and so he can actually talk a load of nonsense and give us even more stats, facts and fun. We've got JB in the house. Evening. Hello. Great to be here. Great to make my, my Globe debut. <laughs> that's enough, because that's, that's actually more than you normally say on each podcast, isn't it? Right. You can go now. <laughs> We've also got other characters in the house as well. We've got the Jamie in the house as well. We just dragged off the streets. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's good as well. Because Bella's in the house there. She's been dragged as well. She's like thinking, I've just been asked to go to the stadium tour. Next minute, I've been dragged to the pub and I'm going to be on a podcast. Bella, how are you? Hi. I'm good. Which is all good. So listen, listen, we're going to talk anyway. But listen, we've got loads of things to talk about on this podcast. As you can hear, we're quite cheery because we've been in the pub for a while. We've had a few pints and we're having quite a good laugh as well. And we've got even the, the, the London Irish posse in the house as well, like you know what I'm saying, which is all good. The Globe, as we say, they're, they're taking very good care of us, taking the food away, bringing more pints to the table. We love that, as, as, as they do, like, you know. So check them out Friday, or sa- Friday, Saturday, for the game, the Tottenham game. You can be Friday if you want to as well. But as we're saying, anyway... Um, we were talking about going to the stadium, weren't we, Laney? Mm. So we got invited to the stadium tour, which is a stadium tour that Brentford have put on. It's just in the pilot stage at the moment now, which is seeing how it goes. So what you've done is that you've invited down, you're given a store, of the, a tour, a store. You give it a, you go to the club store before you, before you want to. But you give it a tour of the whole stadium, and then uh, and then you go home. And uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable experience, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I really did enjoy it. It was really entertaining, yeah. Um, Mike Sullivan and um, Joanna, they, they did a really good job, I thought, tonight. Um, yeah, it, I think they're tr- trialling it out, um, seeing, you know, get, asking for feedback, see what could be changed, see what could be improved. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't, I would, you know, it, it doesn't need a lot of improving. Like, I, I really did enjoy uh, seeing behind the scenes, going down to the changing rooms especially, um, and walking out onto the pitch, and they play Hey Jude, and we got to lift the lift the replica of the, the playoff no, it wasn't cup. Wasn't replica? Yeah, you spoil it. It was a, it was well, a cup. Yeah, no, I'm talking facts. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it's we, only JB no, can talk facts. I'm going to get around to the funk because <laughs> they play they played Hey Jude as we walked out, and it was quite funky. Um, so yeah, no, really, really, really good. Um, you know, if you don't if you don't sit in you know in that in that sort of south stand. Then, um, then you know, it, it shows you like where everything happens really on a match day. It's where all the corporate hospitality is. It's where the press rooms are. Um, it's where the director's box is. It's where you know, it, it's where all of the kind of the functioning club mess happens. And uh, yeah, it, it was, I, I, as I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I'm sure it will be rolled out soon. And um, if you get a chance, go. It's good. And JB, I mean, what impressed you most about that club tour, or is there anything that, that you that you learnt or you saw that you that you that, that just surprised you? It's just the sheer scale of this new stadium, isn't it? I mean, when you're there as a supporter on a match day, it is so different from Griffin Park. But behind the scenes, I mean, I did a tour of Griffin Park um, a few years ago as well, and and that didn't take very long, did it? You had the boardroom, you had the very small dressing rooms um, and a few other rooms, whereas this is this is seriously good and, and an impressive place for for visitors and, and other officials when they come from other clubs to see. And it really is Premier League in every single step we went through today. Um, and it's great. And if everyone gets a chance to go on it, it's definitely a must-see. And, uh, and I'm going to say, just Jamie, just got to come to you quickly because we're interjection because we can't, we can't pull these people off the streets and in silence. I mean, again, you I mean to be supporting bees for years. I mean, how impressed were you with you know? And again, this isn't the cell. It's just like you know, you've had a look around our new stadium. We didn't know what it's like, but how impressed were you by what you saw there? Oh yeah, it was amazing. Like uh, just the changing rooms themselves, just Premier League quality. You can see completely different world from Griffin Park, and I think clubs are also impressed when they come to our. When they go to the changing rooms, it is Premiership. It's not just a little Brentford. It's... Which which shirt did you have your photograph taken under? Because all the shirts were put out, so we had all the shirts, the team shirts were put out. Which shirt did you have yours taken under? Oh, Ericsson had to be first shirt, Ericsson. 
Actually, that was a good call, actually. I didn't, I didn't tuck right in. Did you, Lainey? Yep. Yeah, yep. did you? Uh, yeah, I got mine as well. Oh, I'm going to have to go back there. Bella, who, who did you get yours taken under? What shirt? No God. And why is that then? My favourite player. There you go. So, listen, listen, different reasons as well, you know. And I've got one under David Raya, the Spain goalkeeper, and in Bumo and a few of the others as well, actually. I actually even went a bit left field. I went for a Mads, uh, Mads Rosliff as well, yeah, because I just a bit, a bit left field like that. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's a great, no, yeah, of course. That's right. I mean, so, and, 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 and like I said to you, I mean, you know, like I said, hopefully, like I said to you, maybe in the early part of next season, you'll be able to go and do the, the, the stadium tour as well. You've got, like I said, a little tour through the, the, the different corporate section. We're in the director's box as well, as, a, as a, 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 you know, the director's quarters or the director's, uh, the director's yeah, room, wasn't it? Boardroom. Boardroom, board yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, it, it, was, it was just a real, it was a real eye-opener, yeah. It, you know, because obviously we were, you know, one of the selling points for leaving Griffin Park and getting us on board. Not that we actually needed to get on board because I think, you know, everyone knew that, you know, Griffin Park, as, as lovely as the old girl was, she was, she was tired and... If we were going to move on to the top flight, we needed a stadium that was fit for purpose. And this stadium is fit for purpose. It, it, it really is as impressive as it, as it feels from, from my position in the West End. Um, it, 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 feels, it feels big. It, you know, the South End feels bigger than the West End for sure, because obviously it is. But you know, it, it, as, as everyone has said, it, I, think, I think it's, it, it's just like... Um, it's, refre- it's, it's kind of not refreshing but it's kind of like it, it makes you feel glad that a lot of really big decisions have been made and they've been made right and well it's, it's classy it doesn't feel plastic anywhere um, you know it, it, it is, it's amazing they've actually got a stadium on that plot of land and the stadium they've got on that land is incredible um, you know yes it could be bigger Yes, it could be a, a quite a lot of things, but not there it couldn't be. And it's in Brentford. And that's, that's what's the, the most important thing is a stadium's in the heart of Brentford still. And, you know, it's, I, I'm, just, I'm proud of it. Mike Sullivan talked about the door about the very first match with, which was full in the stadium, which was the Arsenal game, and he talked about how many people around the world were watching it. I can't remember his exact facts and figures, but he said there's only barely two countries in the world that, are, that don't actually watch Premier League football. One is North Korea, and the other one was, do you remember? Cuba. Cuba, that was it. So everyone else around the world, so basically the whole world was tuned in. So there's like Billion. billions, there's a billion people that were tuned into Brentford that time. And that kind of correlates because the amount of people who have you know, written into Besotted, you know, called into the Besotted written into the Besotted said to us we've just started supporting your club after watching you beat Arsenal and then we wanted to find out more about you we went online found your podcast started listening to it and now we're kind of fans and some of them like I said to you are coming over like even this season like you know exactly 1 billion was it it was about 1 billion 127 I think he said well it's funny our, our um, listening figures have hit 1.75 million recently as well so that's only, it's one in a thousand of the billion Listen to Brissot at some stage, yeah, and life. listen to you and the liberal in some <laughs> sometimes. Well, it would yes. have been eight billion, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, but we have he talked about that, which is which, which we think is quite amazing. And uh, a little fact that I kind of threw into the pot, which I'll t- which I'll share with you, my besotted chums, as well. Um, as you know, or some of you might not know, but I, w- I work in music, I've got a record label, and I've got this request come in a couple, only a, like a couple of days ago. A friend of mine goes, oh, I've been here and spoke to you ages. I want to license one of your tracks? And I said, what? And I looked at the title, and it was for Arsenal, All or Nothing, 2021-22 season. And I just went back to her, he goes, 
Oh yes, and and it's for the it's for the intro, it's for the beginning as this, as the team's coming. I can't say any more than that. You know what I'm saying, and I said to her, Oh yes, this sounds very good. Arsenal all or nothing. Yeah, what is that? It uh, you don't know. No, uh, support Arsenal. You don't need to support Arsenal. Uh, you obviously. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so all or nothing is as everyone knows. All or sorry, sorry, I'm I'm doing an un me, but all or nothing is the documentary which is on Netflix. We started off with Sunderland, so that was a big Sunderland documentary, all or nothing. Then they did a Tottenham all or nothing. They did a Leeds United all or nothing, and it's a series where they go behind the scenes of football clubs and they film them flying the wall over a season okay. I imagine Leeds was all though I, I wouldn't imagine there was nothing at Leeds the Leeds one was brilliant myself and Bella watched that during lockdown yeah. and it was absolutely oh, fascinating I'd, no, I'd no idea. it was the season when Leeds didn't go up and they lost to Derby in the, in the playoff semi-final and it was a fantastic watch I can tell you that much but anyway the Arsenal All or Nothing documentary which is coming out on Netflix in a few weeks time they're still kind of editing it down but we're obviously in the very first episode just to let you all know she couldn't let, tell me what was happening because she's on a non-disclosure agreement but all I was told is that I'll be very happy and I think all Bees fans will be very happy so I think we feature quite heavily in that very first feature of All or Nothing so definitely put that on your video recorder as it goes but anyway listen we've got that like I said to you there's the stadium tour definitely get involved in that um, uh, because it was very very good what, what else is uh, what else what else just anything else that you want to talk about the stadium tour that you kind of got thought of well, I think the other thing about the stadium, much as it's uh, for us fans as well, but when you think about the players we've signed over the last few years, it's always been this dream of a new stadium. They've been seeing videos of it, pictures of it. But actually, when you're there and you, as a prospective new player coming to Brentford, you, you couldn't fail to be impressed with the facilities that you're going to be offered um, within the ground as a player and, and how your kits manage, how your, your family's treated and all the, all the sort of peripheral things that you, you want as a player, apart from being, uh, obviously, playing well for Brentford or signing for Brentford. So uh, that, I think that that side must be really help us going forward to sign good players. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'd, I'd say this as well, and you know, just coming off the back of this 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 tall thing, is that you know, listen. I mean, I'll, I'll be in the stadium. My daughter here, she's been behind the scenes at the stadium. She's been done the done the um, the dressing rooms there and everything like that. And you've seen what the the, the, the size is, the difference between, like I said, Brentford or maybe even Derby County or whatever these clubs are to us now. To other people, they may say, well, you know, Tottenham is better. But at the end of the day, is that to me, it only has to be a certain quality for it to look good. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what this is compared to, I'm going to say, like Tottenham or Liverpool or Everton. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it is very impressive. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a major step up. So it's almost like it's almost like when some of the people go, oh well, you've only got seventeen thousand stadium, we got fifty thousand stadium. We say, well, we don't care because we quite like our seventeen thousand stadium. And it's the same thing. It's just like when you look at those facilities, it's like what else? What else do you need? What else do you want? It's the same as your house, isn't it? You've only got you haven't got six bedrooms. Well, no, I only need three. You know, it's perfect for us. You know, it is still. Yeah, yes, it it could have been bigger. Yes, it could have been this and it could have been that. But I feel at home there, and to me. That, that's all. That I mean, each each person's different, and you want diff, you want different things from a stadium. But I think they've, as a tick box exercise, they've ticked almost all of them. And well, they have for me, they have ticked all of them. It's I, I feel at home there, and you know, I never thought I'd, I'd say this, but you know, I, I rarely think of, of Griffin Park anymore. And you know, that's that's this is only the first season there, and you know, it, it, it is it. It, ha- it hasn't been as traumatic as I thought it was going to be. Obviously, being in the Premiership helps, and seeing us win in the top flight helps. 
and you know the first game I was there, you know it was the it was the the Blackburn match, but the, you know it ended with the playoff game against Bournemouth. So I've got nothing but happy memories really in this stadium, and that and that helps. But you know in terms of everything else, it's 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 really impressive and it's and it's classy and it's quir- it's quirky and I think it's a quirky stadium for a quirky club, and I think that just suits us just fine. Suits us most definitely. Listen, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the football in a minute. I've just have to sort of kind of talk about a very sad point as well. You know, we want to just mention the fact that one of our very good friends, friends of Besotted, part of our crew, Mick Cox, um, unfortunately, we found out only this week that he died very suddenly from a heart attack. Um, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, but we found out this week. And uh, to say that we were all sort of kind of not for six, you know, we, we definitely are. He was a, a lovely bloke, Mick. He's been, on, on, he's been coming on our coaches, on our trips, been with us the last 20 years. He drinks in the, in the globe. You, you definitely know him. You definitely see him. He is a top, top, top bloke, lovely bloke. Lives up in Letchford, so he's one of the Hertfordshire bees, but linked to the Essex bee posse as well. And, uh, you know, I remember him sort of kind of, you know, ring me saying, Bill, you know, when I was doing the coach, meet me on the side of the A1 motorway, you know, at sort of kind of 7.15 in the morning. And we'd turn up there and literally in the middle of nowhere, him and this Letchworth bees would be sort of on the side of the A1 as we're going up to Peterborough or Cambridge or, you know, Lincoln or somewhere ridiculous like, you know. We've had some great fun, great laughs of him. He's a lovely bloke. He's, uh, he's, he's meek and mild, but he's, he's, he's got a bad bone in his body. And it's very sad and very, you know, sad for his, his son, his brother, his whole family, who are obviously devastated. And obviously the Essex bees and all the posse um, there. And like I said to you, listen, we send our, our hearts out to you and our thoughts out to you and everybody. And uh, I think they're going to give him a good send-off. Um, well, this, this this weekend, most definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, thoughts with the family and all your friends and John and Dan and Sheila and yeah, yeah. We, we, we've lost, we've lost a good man there, Bill. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're trying to get you know, there's going to be a half time where they're going to put his photograph on half time as they do, and we're going to pay respects to him at half time. But also trying to get a, a round of applause on the 58th minute for Coxie as well. So if you could join in with that, it would be absolutely tremendous. I know it's sometimes quite difficult for the game, depending on how the game's going. But if we can get a 58th minute applause for Coxie, that'll be absolutely fantastic. So like I said to you, respect to Coxie, and we're gonna yeah, and we're gonna drink, we're gonna have a drink to you. And talking about have a drink to you, I think we're gonna go to the bar now. We're gonna have a break. We're gonna go and get a drink, and we're gonna come back and we're gonna drink to Coxie. <laughs> So Saturday we went to Vicarage Road. We went to Watford. Um, I find it quite funny. In the last pod, the, the podcast beforehand, we had to do a disclaimer because of those scarves that were made back in the day. You remember? Yes, I won't repeat it because it was foul language, and yes. we'll get a, an explicit e on on the uh, on iTunes. So um, yes, Watford. <clears throat> yes, the rest, they, it's, a, it's a nickname that we used to call them. And to be honest with you, I, it was. We didn't get on back in the day, and it, the games were really edgy, and it was always like a lot of trouble and stuff. But and I thought I thought going to Vicarage Road was going to be kind of a bit moody on Saturday, but I, it wasn't at all. It, was, it seemed to like be a really good day out, actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's. I think it's changed quite a lot, even probably from when we went there. You know, at the end of the first Championship year, when we went there, and then they got promoted. Um, it was it's a very very family sort of orientated atmosphere there. Yeah. And all the pubs, you know, even after the game, the, the Watt fans go, oh, good luck to you, you know, enjoy yourselves in the Premier League next season. And it's kind of like, you know, that certainly wouldn't happen in 1977, would it, lady? No, it wouldn't. There would have been <laughs> ratchets and hammers and all sorts going on. No, it, it, would, it wasn't, a, you know, they were mo- really moody matches. And, uh, um, yeah, it, it just didn't have that edge at all. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if the game lacks 
it, but you know, I think the uh, the performance it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a brilliant game, but it was a brilliant result. Brilliant result. But listen, I mean, talking about brilliant results, what we're going to do is that we're going to actually listen to what the fans had to say about that result. We're going to go back to Saturday in the beautiful sunshine. We're going to talk to the Brentford fans. Uh, we didn't talk to any Watford fans, but we talked to lots of Brentford fans and asked them what they thought about the match on Saturday. Get in there! What a header! Got heart. That's what this team's got. That's heart. Heaved off that magic cap right at the end. Two set pieces did it today. It wasn't centered in football, but listen, we did a job on them twice. We done the double, but not only the double, we done the double last minute job on them. Hey! What a result! And a little unexpected after the shenanigans in the last in injury time. Uh, from being potentially two-one down, Pontus has only gone and won it, and he finally broken my vicarage road hoodoo. And it's fabulous. The sun's out. The sun's shining. We've got 39 points. We're four points past the total. I set them at the beginning of the season to stay up. We're definitely staying up. Erickson didn't really do much all game and then he just swung that ball in. And Pontus probably would have been on to score it because he went down, didn't he, with about five minutes to go if we had any subs left. But for, oh, fuck. Fucking brilliant. I bloody love them. I bloody love them. Second, second half was shakier. We've got it together with about 15 minutes to go. Um, but they should have scored at the end. But So it seems to be sort of fiddling out through a draw. I just didn't want to lose it. Of course, then they go and miss that sitter, absolute sitter, which was hilarious. I thought, oh, we escaped one there. And then we stick one in the net, and that was potty, because it was so funny. And this last minute, that was exciting. Everybody at the start of the season was predicting us to go down, but uh, I think we're going to establish ourselves as uh, a premiership side over the next five to ten years. And uh, Christian Eriksen, different class. And please stay Christian. Pretty drab game, but who cares about it? it was 2-1 result, 39 points. I think we can start looking forward to next season. Bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Uh, it's like 92 minutes of... Wasn't a very exciting game. Wasn't a very, a very good game. And then Pontus pulled it out of his magic hat. So there you go. The fans after the game, who are again, it's like it's just like it's like Groundhog Day. Like you know, I'm surprised Bill Murray didn't come onto the microphone and started talking to us actually, because they were so happy with that result against Watford. And uh, it was a good result. It was a sort of kind of slightly reminiscent of the West Ham game. Um, as I said, that you know, he always seemed to score last-minute goals against teams with a W. We scored against West Ham, we scored against Watford, and then we scored once again against Watford. And it was the 90th minute where Pontus Janssen popped up and he scored a goal and he was delighted, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I didn't see it coming. When, when, the, when the sort of plus five came up I just I, I thought well yeah we, we, a point's alright you know as I said like it, it wasn't a great second half performance it, it felt like we'd hung on to the lead probably for a little bit too long um, I did. I, I still think their goal was offside I've got, no, I got no idea how that was an onside goal all the all the highlights I've seen all the reports I've read it doesn't challenge that for whatever reason the, the guy's head Dennis, well, it wasn't Dennis's head, but the, 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 the attacker's head was was advanced than the Brentford defence. Um, I don't see how that's an onside decision. However, um, for us to for us to sort of hang on there and survive that 
that calamitous miss it was a double miss wasn't it they hit the post and then got spoons spooned over the bar at that stage I'm going a point is fine and then for us to go and then win it it was uh, it was excellent and I, I'll get, I'm getting a bit greedy Bill now I know we can win again I want us to win every game we play yeah, well again and we talked about this it's the momentum thing it's about the positivity and you know you can see that Brentford even though you know they went 1-0 down Dennis scored for them and then Dennis somehow missed that chance and but we weren't we weren't giving it up. We weren't you know we weren't going in that game saying to we can't honestly let's go for a draw because you know we we knew that we were pretty safe at the time. They went for it and and you could tell when they scored that goal, the pottiness was on a level like of one to a hundred. It was about one hundred twenty. Like you know the players all went mad. They ran over. It was at our end. They all kind of ran over. Mm. Pontus was going really mad. And then at the end it was like again they did the the thing that really annoys a lot of fans, opposition fans, where we did the the lap of honour. You know I mean I've heard opposition fans get really upset when we do it at home but let me do it on their, on their turf as well they're getting really upset when we do that and also I've got a Watford friend of mine he's, a, he's a, another football coach who coaches a team just outside of Watford Sarat Rovers as well lovely bloke as well and I said to him I'm a Bees fan come down he's, he looks out for our results now and after the match he messaged me and he said to me fair play to you you played really well it goes and your fans were incredible he goes it goes basically they were the best set of fans that have come to Vicarage Road this season he goes Leeds were just a shade behind you yeah, but well, you they, were they brought more though didn't they Leeds did bought, Leeds bought more you know and we all know that Leeds always bring more you know so uh, you know and, and, and we made we made a lot of noise but Leeds, Leeds made more noise didn't they, 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 all, they were, of course they did yes champions of Europe as well there. that's right okay. but anyway so but anyway we were the best fans to come down to Griffith Road and this was from a Watford fan as well and that's a that's a bit of an accolade isn't it JB it is good yeah no it was the atmosphere was tremendous and those uh, you know that the last two or three minutes you couldn't have written it the better script could you to have it at our end uh, which we were attacking you see a free kick go down the first reaction is Ericsson over the ball is he going to actually have a go <laughs> or is he going to loft it beautifully into the box and someone gets red on it and it was obviously the latter um yeah, and everybody, as you say, just just went potty for it, didn't they? At the uh, um, after the goal and after the game as well, and it, it was just brilliant. You almost got the feeling no one wanted to leave at the end of the game, did you? It was like you know, more another huge step in, in staying in this division, isn't it? And um, yeah, everybody just wanted to stay and party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and 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 the thing about it is that it's, it's it, you know it, 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 again it was another result as we talked about. I mean, we talked about the match itself, you know. Um, Watford, you know, if you want to look at the matches, I mean, some people, especially if you listen to that post-match podcast, said, you know, we kind of got away with it there. And if you wanted to feel sorry for Watford, you have to feel sorry for Watford because they probably should have got more out of that game. The flip side, I would have said to that, is that the amount of times that we have had been in situations where we should have got something out of a game and we didn't get it because we didn't do the things that we were meant to do, which was put a ball into the back of the net. You know, that is kind of what they did. So you can kind of see them being in the position where we have been before, where we have kind of, you know, lost the playoff final. Or I mean, the Chelsea game this, this season's, you know, it's the prime example, isn't it? And the Man United game, really, where we, we, we 100% deserve to get something out of that game. But this, this division shows you if, you, if you don't take, well, all football shows you, but if you don't take your chances then you stand a good chance of being punished because the, the, the standard of finishing and the quality of delivery it, it is far superior to, to anything else that I've seen in my time as being a Brentford fan. You know, I, watch, I, still, I still watch um, some championship football 
Um, and I, I'm just like, oh my God, that it is really is nothing compared to what we've seen this year. And that's not belittling it, you know. You know, all, all I was I was so happy to be in the championship. Um, and if 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 that time comes again, then I you know it's a great division. However, the the standard in this division is, is far superior, and you know that's that's what we're seeing. It wasn't a great game on Saturday, but you know there were some real high quality moments, and uh, most of I think most of them came from Brentford. I'd, I'd say. I mean, and, and but you say that. I mean, I'm looking at the and, and, and Will the, the the spreadsheet winker as well. Who you know he's been very busy this week, so he's he's not given us a statistical lowdown. However. You know, we're giving ourselves the statistical lowdown, and it was actually fairly even between the two. It was actually quite a lot of high-quality chances, so it was actually quite an exciting game. Uh, XG 2.04 to Brentford to 1.98 to Watford, so it's pretty even. And if you look at the chart, if you know what the charts are like, there's some like about three big bubbles Brentford which means that they're high quality chances right in the middle of the of the area of the Watford area and then for uh, for Watford there's two massive big bubble chances as well in the middle of the Brentford area as well plus a lot of very much smaller chances which goes to show you that our defending also was also was was very good I mean you can argue the fact that you know we've we fluffed it and you know we did, didn't did, score did two of their bubbles come in the same move in on the 90 plus fifth minute I mean, you know, yeah, they hit the post and then they blew one wide. That, Does that count as the, as the same? As the same. That's a very good question, and I'll answer. And, I'll, and you asked me live, but it was actually King on the ninety plus three minute as well, and then and then Lusa and the ninety plus three. So you're it's right. The so same the, movement. Yeah. And I think like, Ivan Tony's like that was a, another brilliant free kick. I think from Ericsson where Tony kind of didn't make the perfect. He made decent contact, and he kind of just just dribbled past the post. But there, that was another a really quality bit of vision there from Ericsson and another day that goes in so yeah I you know um I I, I thought it was harsh on Watford don't get me wrong I know you know you, you put yourself in that position you've seen it so many times where you know it's just nothing goes your way nothing's going their way but we've won five out of six games now and some clubs haven't even won five games all season Bill yeah, and, and and just quickly, just back on those chances, Norgard, his chance was fifty percent. We're nearly nearly six out of ten of those going in the back of the back of the net. It was a very high quality chance, and and for him to you know, basically the delivery was fantastic, and he basically couldn't miss. And also, obviously the the Pontus Janssen chance. There was a Pontus Janssen chance actually on ninety plus five. Yeah, that's right. Ninety plus five is the goal, which was a fifty fifty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Was, uh, that was a 50-50 as well as to whether or not those, those those normally go in the back of the net. So like I said to you, it's a 50-50 chance there. JB? I was going to say the other thing about that game, wasn't it, where you talk about luck kind of a bit more going with you when you're you're on the up and you're on a good run. I mean, we lost Pinnock, didn't we, early on? And he's been outstanding this season. And to lose him, and but Sorensen just came in and, and, and just carried on and just did a job and he did the long throws as well um, and but that easily you know could have gone against us if on another day you know, when the luck's out so it does and I'll tell you something as well because you notice yeah. the, the, the difference in different pitches because we know that Sorensen hasn't played for a while but his long throws I mean his unth- long throw he came on and immediately he, he undid Arsenal who is in the all or nothing documentary at the beginning of the season we're going to watch that but anyway but Sorensen undid Arsenal and we know that that's, um, that's our secret weapon now when Sorensen came on very early on and I turned around to Laney I said to you this is actually quite good news because Watford probably haven't done their research on him and maybe they have you know what I'm saying and they don't know so we're saying that every time we had a throw on Mm. 
Sorensen went to take it and they said, no, 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 don't take it. And somebody else took the throw on. So he didn't take the throw on until it became time to actually do the long throw. Like, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, it's, and they're like, oh, no, it's a long throw, like, you know. So, uh, you know, so, 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 so like I said, Mads Beck Sorensen, uh, he's, he's been a bit, bit, of a, bit of a key player who's been yeah. missing. But what I noticed is... Is he making a push for the World Cup as well, do you think? I'm not, he, he might be, actually. Yeah. But what I've noticed, if you've noticed... Around the perimeter, they've had that perimeter advertising, and basically from the byline to the perimeter advertising, the the, 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 the gap was very small, so he couldn't do a run-in. There was actually no way he could do a run-in, so it was actually basically he had, it was very hard for him to do his usual kind of long throw, because there was actually no run-in, so it just makes you show that, you know, the difference in pitches um, may make to your own tactics. Yeah, and I, but going back to the, the Mazbek Sorensen pace in general, I, he, he's just been massively impressive. You know, he, he doesn't look wobbly at all. And, you know, I think we all had, you know, we said, we've said this before, we had doubts over him when he had to fill in at left back last season. But he's come back from that injury and he looks, he looks like a way more mature player than the one that, that you know, before he got injured. So I, I, I see him. God knows, you know, what, what, is it, what is he worth in, in the transfer market? Not that you know, I don't think we ought to sell him, but you know, you realise that we got we've got like a you know three or four million pound player there, and I, he's down, in my opinion, you know, why why can't he be the fourth Brentford player that goes to the World Cup in, in the winter? Mm, interesting. So listen, and just looking at that match, what for their strengths? So they created a high number of chances relative to their position. They were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces, but they were poor at finishing. They played with width, um, high shot frequency when they're in possession. So they favoured crossing the ball and favoured three balls. And the Brentford strengths, we created a high number of chances relative to our position. Also goal-scoring opportunities from long shots and also goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces. And we were strong at finishing. So that kind of shows you the difference between the two teams, you know. Talking about players as well, I thought I mean I thought Norgard every time we do it, but I thought Norgard was brilliant, you know. Ericsson was good, Norgard there's there was a newspaper article which based all the this is the thing that's got the bugbear, which really you know we almost didn't talk about it. But I think the thing that's really bugging everyone is everyone's almost like saying, first of all, Ericsson, it's all about Ericsson now. If it wasn't Ericsson, Brentford would be nothing. Yes, he's helped to turn our side around, but also we've got a number of key players and he's helped to bring them up to another level, is what I'll say. And the second thing is that, and it's a disrespect, they're saying Ericsson shouldn't be at Brentford. He's too good for Brentford. Kind of what is there. These newspaper articles are now saying that. They're not saying, well, other teams didn't want to take a chance on him and they were too scared to take a risk on him. And Brentford's probably a perfect fit. They're saying he's, um, he's too good for Brentford. Disrespectful, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, it's massively disrespectful. I wrote an article today and some some really good replies, and I'm, I'm glad people um, don't think I'm I'm complete crank for for saying that he's gonna he's gonna stay at Brentford. I I can't I can't think of any reason apart from financial that he would want to jeopardise leaving Brentford at the moment. I was told today that he's actually bought a place in Richmond as well. He could probably be forced by the whole of Richmond, um, but he he has set. You know, if you, if you if you believe all the stories and you believe that you believe, you know, and, and why shouldn't we? He set his he set his sights on coming back and playing for Denmark in the World Cup. He's going to do that, uh, you know, assuming that there's no setbacks and you know he doesn't get any other injuries, etc. Um, and to, to do that, he needs first first team football. Um, and he needs an environment that 
he can play his brand of football. He's got he's got that. He's got everything he possibly needs. He's got at Brentford now. He's surrounded by his international teammates. He's got uh, a head coach that's known him since he was a kid. Um, there's there's he's got his family um, in the, the one of the, the the best parts of the country, living in Southwest London. He's got more money than he needs, and that's not that's not a criticism because obviously I'm not naive. Money always talks. Um, he's got to look look after himself for forever. Um, but I don't I don't think I don't think personally he would want to jeopardise a rock the boat or take any risks at this stage in time he could get a bit he could get a bigger club he could earn more money but he wouldn't be guaranteed starts and um, I'm, I'm sure that the Danish national coach and Thomas Frank have spoken and you know it, it's clear that he's, he's in the right environment so I, I, I got a feeling this 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 story continues this good this good story continues but going back to the point yeah he's a massive disrespect for people to be saying he's too good for, for Brentford. Brent, it's a different Brentford now. Um, we will be signing players of that calibre going forward. A second season in this, this tier, it allows us to be more, um, more bold in some of the transfer fees that we'll pay out. Um, and it will make, you know, as, as JB said earlier, any, any prospective players that come and consider signing for us they walk around that stadium, they go into that dressing room. They they turned up at a proper Premiership football club, so he may be he he may it may be not a novelty to them, but you know it, it is a disrespect. Uh, Jamie, I just want to ask you a quick question, Christian Eriksen. Do you think he's going to be with us next season? I think yes, I do. In, in one word answer, yes, <laughs> I do. Because from what I hear about him, he likes a stable life. He he. He likes Brentford. Only thing I maybe Spurs, but Conte didn't really start playing him in in back in Italy. So I'm wondering whether he might not fancy working with Conte again for Spurs. That's my opinion on it because he didn't always start for them, and he's guaranteed football at Brentford. JB, yeah, I think he will. I think if the World Cup's his aim, he, he needs to be playing football. And and then the risk. I mean, some of the clubs he's linked with, you know. <laughs> Is he going to get full-time many games there? I mean, Brentford, you know, barring injury and keeping his form and everything, you know, he's almost a guaranteed starter, isn't he? So he's going to get be absolutely at peak of, of, of fitness come the World Cup. Whereas if he goes to some of these other clubs that are muted around, he could uh, quite easily be sitting on the bench and then the World Cup could, could pass him by and he might not get any game time out there because he, he's not really fully match fit, not really doing his thing. So, uh, too many... Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's too many ties. I think he... And I hope he stays. Billy, Billy what do you think, mate? Uh, well, I, I mentioned what I said beforehand. Uh, beforehand, I said that I didn't think he would stay. I actually changed my, I didn't change my mind, but I, I, I moved slightly last week, when I, or a couple of weeks ago, when I saw us beat, beat Chelsea, and I just thought, actually, you know, he's looking... I, I think the idea of being somebody who can make a difference is a, is a key. There's certain people in the world that think, I actually want to, be a, I want to make a difference, as opposed to, I just want to go to the best in the world and maybe he's a person that thinks I want to make a difference the fact that you know you can go to a team which is not meant to do anything and you can actually be one of the key persons that make them do something that might be more exciting than just going to another club and they're just playing some more matches and getting a load of money you staying mate Okay, well I've heard that as well, so which is which is <laughs> which is all good. So uh, and, and and also like you know it's you know it's, um, we're going to confuse 
everybody because like we you know just JB was talking about him staying there again but we're actually going to go over to well JB because he's going to give us a little bit of facts and some funk Hello, Jonathan Burchett here again. The Queen celebrated her 25 years on the throne with the Silver Jubilee in 1977. This year, she's celebrating 60 years and the Platinum Jubilee. The 35-year gap is exactly the same as it was last time we won at Watford and also completed a double over them. This followed up on our double over West Ham and the first time we've had two top-tier doubles since 1938-39. Christian Norgard and Pontus Janssen were of course the two goalscorers. In their three seasons with us, this has been the most prolific goal-scoring season for both of them. Norgard's goal in the 15th minute was only the third of the season we've had before the 20th minute. Conversely, the 95th minute win it from Pontus was our 12th goal scored past the 80th minute. That's 29% of our total goals scored. Skipper Pontus's two goals this season is the most the captain has scored for us since John Egan in 2017-18. The record books now show that Thomas Frank has been in charge for 186 games, the sixth highest in our history, and just seven behind former Tottenham player Steve Perryman. So there you go, you have it. There's JB. Um, well, we've got JB here, but, but that was also JB giving us some facts and facts. So t- listen, JB, are we going to have to listen? I've got to listen. Forget, let's just, let's just cut to the chase here, mate. You do make it up, don't you? <laughs> no, no, it's all it's all facts. It's, it's it's loads of work. Monday morning, I get up and I, and I try and trawl through loads of statistics and facts and and try and find the bits that were were interesting from the from the weekend. So you tear up pieces of paper, you put it in a bowl, <laughs> and you just take them out, and then you say because they've got a brilliant lady, they've got no idea. Like I'm saying, they don't facts check. You know, we don't facts check, do we? Well, yeah, you know, you're very welcome to. Okay. <laughs> if you've got to spare a couple of <laughs> a couple of years <laughs> building up spreadsheets and, and writing a book and all that, you can check all the facts. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's, it's good for good fun. And, I, and this week's one that, that stood out to me is, is our spread of goals and the fact that we've scored three goals in the first 20 minutes of, of matches. Yet, 29% of our goals have come after the 80th minute. And, and why do you think that is, JB? I think so you haven't got those facts, have you? Yeah, well, well that, that becomes subjective, isn't it, as to why, why it is. I, personally, I think getting and watching many of the games is that we try and control the game. And uh, up, up front, we don't go for, like, <laughs> get two goals ahead and then let the opposition try and catch us. Um, it's about setting a steady stall out. And then we are a very, very fit side. So come towards the latter part of the game, um, we can go up that extra gear. And, uh, and usually with some pretty decent sort of substitution and maybe it's like tactical changes just tweaking enough to get to get us over over that line and then certainly that's uh, say <laughs> many of our goals come from that this season and, and, and Laney I mean well no I, 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 I agree you know the, the fitness the fitness levels is something that we don't really often talk about but you know you, you it would have been stupid of us to come up um, to this level and not be at least fit um, but we're we're more than fit. We we're we're 90 minutes dangerous, and I think is also a belief. And this is what Ericsson does give us. Um, it, it, we know that 
at any given time there's the there is quality there to carve out a match winning opportunity and we you know when when we when we saw that um you know when we saw the free kick give it being given away just outside the box we all started salivating slightly knowing that it was Christian Eriksen that was going to be taking it and it could be one of three or four people that were good enough to get their head on the ball uh you know um, seeing Pontus get another goal for us was great. It, the first one took so long to arrive; it could have been another three years before we got we saw a second. But you know, he he really did. He, he, well, that's what he said. He, he banged his chest and said, and he, he shouted, didn't it? This is what it means. This is what it means. And you know, it means everything to Brentford. And um, you know, it, it, the team spirit is incredible. And I think that's why we're scoring so many late games. There's some. So many late goals, and you could argue, yeah, we in a lot of games we've been chasing, we've been a goal down, we needed to get back in it, so you get that extra kind of desire to 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 get something to salvage a point or salvage a win. But we also said the thing that we hoped that Christian Eriksen would bring us was the fact that he could turn. Uh, what could have been a draw into a win and what could have been a defeat into a draw and he, he's done exactly that in almost every game that he's played for us so um, yeah the, the late goals come from team spirit um, and you, you can't put a price on that 100% you can't put a price on that and also listen JB on those facts and funk and listen I do listen to your facts and funk every, every single week you can tell can't you <laughs> but I'm mean, just watching actually Chelsea getting absolutely demolished here by Arsenal as well which is, uh, which is they're trying to take a leaf out of our book aren't they uh, you know but they've, uh, they've let in one goal more than we did actually so uh, does that mean that we're better than Arsenal any? yep <laughs> uh, of course it does, like you know, say our childish um, um, theories just—they're just absolutely infallible. But um, JB, you were also talking about the managers, uh, Thomas Frank. You know, the highest in history. Yeah, I mean, to the length of time Thomas being, Frank has been at the club now, he, he's going up that leaderboard um, now. I mean, it's to to reach the Harry Curtis levels of <laughs> um, number of years is, is probably impossible, but. You start looking at all the percentages of the, of the wins, and, and maybe I'll look at that um, next week or whatever. But he really is creeping up there, and um, there's not many now. I mean, in the past, and doing stats and facts, then it was all about Harry Curtis, all about that great team of the uh, the 20s and 30s, which nobody in the rest of our history got close to but slowly and surely all these records are, are slowly falling to to thomas frank and and, and the side that's uh, that's that's built around him and um he is i mean we talked about on the tour didn't we the, the, the fact uh, that we had at the stadium today and uh, you know things are named after harry curtis i'm sure it won't be that many years before you'll start thinking well actually we need to name something after thomas frank because what this side is doing and, and has achieved uh, in these few years is, is quite remarkable it's remarkable, and, and, and but you talked about Thomas Frank. Is, is, you said he wasn't quite there, and we're going to have a Tottenham link now. As, as, as Steve Perriman, is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's a few games behind Steve Perriman, but he should uh, uh, get over that line. Uh, early next season because okay, we're talking about Steve Perriman obviously he's got a Tottenham link Steve Perriman used to be the Brentford manager in 89 when we went to the cup run to the quarterfinal against Liverpool Steve Perriman and also he obviously played for Tottenham very for very many years and Tottenham fans know him he's a bit of a legend at Tottenham and uh, um, well we've got a bit of a story about Steve Perriman because he did call me a few years ago and, and he was very very unhappy indeed and I think that he's very not very happy about his time at Brentford and he's, it's been harbouring for about 30 odd years and uh, they just came completely out of the Blue and I had about an hour's phone call to him, and uh, and he wasn't very happy. And uh, but and you, you didn't talk to him, did you, Lane? 
No, no, he wanted to speak to you. <laughs> I think he wanted to speak to you, lady, um, but you refused to call him because you were scared. No comment. <laughs> so all he could say is, and, and everyone that knows that he's a bit of a, uh, a legend back in the day, Steve Perriman, but he, he's he's a little bit angry at the moment now. And I've spoken to a few of my Tottenham chums as well, and they've also told me that there's a little bit of angriness going on with Steve. Back in the day, I don't know what it's all about. It, there was all sorts of you know nonsense that was going on back in the day, but we thought we've moved on. But anyway, we will move on now because uh, I don't want Steve to give me another call and be on the phone for another hour to me because it's got nothing to do with me, Steve, honestly. We're going to go away, going to get another few beers, and we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. So... Big game on Saturday, 5.30 kickoff. It's on the TV as well. And uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of confidence in the Brentford camp. Not necessarily because we think we're going to win. It's just the fact that we haven't lost for about three or four games. I can't even remember how many because it's been so long since we've lost. Leicester. It was actually Leicester before the international break, which technically if Christian Eriksen was playing at the game, he had COVID in that one. You never know that result. Even our West Leicester fans said to us, oh, we're so glad Eriksen was out for that game. It could have been a, a straight run through from the old Norwich game at the beginning of March. But anyway... We've got um, Spurs coming. It's a late kickoff. Normally, late kickoffs are always quite good fun because we get in the pub very early. We'll be in the Globe, as we normally do, very early on. We, don't, we get there earlier than we would do for a three o'clock kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's 5 30. So, what time should we get there? What, nine? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, if the pub's open, the pub's open, isn't it? Like, you know, so which is all good. So, we're going to be getting down there, um, which, is, which, is, which is cool. And um, like I said to you, we're playing, we're playing Tottenham. Uh, London Derby. It's our. What's our, I mean, I don't know if you count Watford as London. Is Watford London? I don't count them as well, but they, they technically are. If we if we are, they are. I guess um, there's, there's quite a lot of London derbies next year as well. Yeah, I mean, we're ratching up the London derbies, aren't we, JB? Well, yeah. Next season, there should be at least seven London clubs uh, in in the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll not including uh, oh, including who. Uh, well, <laughs> well um, we get, including um, well, we got Tottenham and we got Arsenal and uh, West Ham and um, yeah, Palace. Those are the yeah. only ones that count, really. Is any others that count? There's a couple that aren't there. I'd spot the odd one out. Is um, uh, so we've got Tottenham. There, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brentford. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Um, Palace. Yeah, yeah. West Ham. West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Watford's um, all London. Arsenal. Arsenal there. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Chelsea there. Yeah, yeah. Fulham are there. Oh, yeah, they're there though. Yeah, they're there. Um, um, I can't remember the other one. Is, is, uh, yeah. is there no no there's no other West London clubs there? No other West London clubs. No. I'm sure there was another West no, London club. No other West London Growing clubs, up, there was always a West London no, club. No, there was, there was no, a, no, no, not no. them. No, I don't know. I've never. Oh, never. Well, whatever. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Move on. We'll move on from that one. But like you said so. You're quite excited because you you could feel a lot of stats and facts coming about sort of the London derby and also you know Fulham. Listen, I I actually congratulated my Fulham chums. Um, and I was quite gracious about it. I didn't put any backhanded comments about, you know, glad you're coming up so we can beat you next season and all that kind of stuff. I just gave him a straight up congratulations because I'm actually, I mean, I know that you, but I'm actually looking forward to playing Fulham because I, I said this early in the season. I th- think we've missed that edge. It's all a bit polite in the Premier League at the moment now. You either go to grounds and people no interest in you whatsoever they don't they don't even know you're there you know i'll have a share a slice of victoria sponge with a fulham fan to celebrate yeah that's right exactly you can see how it's going so i'm looking forward to that but coming back to this we're playing tottenham now in 
um, a, a, a big match, which is actually it's actually more important for Tottenham than it is for us. So the pressure is off us. They need to get that to get that fourth place Champions League place, which you know at the moment now no one seems to want that Champions League place. It's funny we were talking about this when we had no interest in this like twelve months ago. Champions League. I mean, I haven't watched, I haven't watched Champions League football ever. I don't think. Like you know what I'm saying, um, I still haven't watched Champions League football actually. But you know that's just the way. But so, but Tottenham, like I said to you, big game for them. And uh, tell you what, we're going to go over to Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. He is going to give us the lowdown on what is going down in Tottenham. Hey guys, Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you so much for having me. Tottenham Hotspur up against Brentford in a London derby again. Yep, the reverse fixture. A fixture that comes into it for Tottenham in a time where Spurs are in the midst of a top four challenge for Brentford they're all but secured their Premier League survival. And um, I can safely say that watching them from the outside this season, I've been thoroughly impressed by them. I know they were tipped to go down at the start of the season, but if anything, under Thomas Frank, you can see there's a real genuine desire and belief to not only stay in the Premier League, but also look to build real foundations for the future. And, you know, I can only reverse back to the fixture that obviously we played during early in the season, where although Spurs won quite resoundingly, I think there was... Definitely indications that Brentford were trying to play the right way. There was a real desire to come and try and play football. And I think any opposition fan can only admire that in the Premier League. We've had certain teams that have been willing to put 11 men behind the ball, park the bus. But Brentford played the right way. They've got a great set of players that want to play expressive football, fast approach football that does get results. And I've been thoroughly impressed by them this season. And I know that Spurs, it won't be an easy task for them this coming Saturday underneath the lights in a London derby where although obviously Brentford now, they're all but secured their Premier League status. They'll not be looking at this one and be on the beach. They'll be looking to come into this game and take the three points. From a Tottenham perspective, I think it's fair to say that since we've met you in the league, Spurs have obviously done really well in the January transfer window with the additions of Dijan Kulisewski, Rodrigo Bentoncourt, that have really drove Spurs now into a top four battle, where I think many felt at the time of us playing you, that was simply just... <laughs> A, a, you know, a, a harbouring thought at that time. You know, top four didn't really look like a reality. Obviously, Nuno Espirito Santo came in, left us in ninth position in the Premier League. Conte's come in. I think he's done really well to adapt to be able to have that one game a week where he's been able to lay out a real foundation for the players. So I think Spurs, for them, really, having the one game a week now has really benefited them. And you can see that in the last three months in terms of the results they've accumulated now to get themselves into a position now of fighting for the top four I think listen one of those players on show at the weekend that we'll all be keeping our eye on is Christian Eriksen the former Spurs man speak to any Tottenham fan I think Spurs have still not sorted that issue in the centre of their midfield when it comes to a lock picker finding someone that has got the ability to change a game has got the ability to play that eye of the needle ball through and find that forward to finish. Although Spurs, like I've said, have now got themselves Rodrigo Bentoncourt, a very good forward attacking thinking player in the midfield. They still have that locksmith, and that's why Ericsson will be really the forefront of Spurs' mind come the summer window, in my opinion. I think, you know, Ericsson, to be fair, since putting on that Brentford shirt, has shown the quality as to why he was so attracted to a move to Spurs all those years ago. 
and you can see that he's certainly not lost his quality. If anything, Brentford is no surprise that since he's come to the club, have really gone on now to all but secure their Premier League status in a really good fashion. And again, when you look at the pivotal moments he's played his part in, of course, the win at Stamford Bridge where he was devastating that day, along with some really good performances at home as well for Brentford. I think, again, that player there, although he signed a short-term deal, what we understand, he'll listen to Brentford's proposal in the summer. I think Spurs have to be looking to go back into the Dane if they can do because he's a wonderful, wonderful player. And I think Spurs are still in need of that midfield dynamism that will allow them to break teams down in a more thorough way, which they found difficult to do so, really, against Brighton last week at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs, as I said, for me, they're still trying to find their feet in working out, in my opinion, what overall the summer looks like. And for Tottenham, that's why Champions League football is absolutely imperative for the football club. When you look at Spurs from the outside, they've got a wonderful training ground, wonderful stadium. They've got a squad that has got players in it worthy of playing in the Champions League. But overall, it's a squad that still needs to have uh, rejuvenation. It still needs re-energising. And that's why Antonio Conte, I believe, is the right man to take Tottenham forward as he has got the skills, the know-how, the knowledge in order to work with the players that he's got to coach them to be better than what they are, but also add to it like they did in the January window. And as we saw with Dijan Kulisewski coming in, Rodrigo Bentegil coming in, these guys have hit the ground running. Christian Romero in the summer for Tottenham, he's been a massive signing as well. Centre-back Eric Dyer has no doubt improved next to him as well. I think the only area you'll see Spurs really are struggling is in that wing-back area. Of course, we lost Matt Darcy only a couple of weeks ago against Aston Villa with a really bad challenge from Matty Cash, which ended Doherty's season early. Spurs, to be fair, Regulon so far, I still think the jury's quite far out on him. Still can't quite work out really if he's going to make it at Tottenham. I would expect Ryan Sessegnon to come back into the team at the weekend. For Spurs, they've kept pretty much a consistent lineup throughout, which normally means it's the recent goal. Then Spurs have their wing backs and a back three operating from left to right, which I think will be Sessegnon, Christian Romero, Eric Dyer. Ben Davis and Emerson Royale on the right should Conte not favour a changing system and maybe play Bergvine there or Kulisevsky, which I can't see happening. I would then expect the midfield of Pierre-Emile Hoybier alongside him, Rodrigo Bentoncourt also along with him as well in that midfield. And then, of course, the potent front three, obviously adding Lloris in goal as well, of Dijan Kulisevsky. Harry Kane and Hummin Son. That's how I would expect Spurs to line up. There might be, again, a potential for Steven Bergwijn to come in if a potential option is there on that right wing back side. If Spurs don't favour Emerson Royale, I think any Brentford fan listening to this podcast will probably know that is where Spurs' weakness is. Definitely down that right hand side. Spurs have got a real issue down there. Emerson Royale, for me, his end product simply isn't good enough. And if I was a Brentford fan, that's where I would be wanting to see my team attack down that right-hand channel. But in terms of a prediction for this one, oh, it, you know what? It's such a difficult one. Saturday evenings, it's obviously going to be a game where Spurs will know Arsenal have played twice since then. And, um, you know, at the moment, it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to call just how I can see this game going. But I think the Brentford fans being right behind the team... I can see this being a really, really difficult night for Tottenham. And I think if Spurs come through here with all three points, this really is a test of a team that can turn up on the big occasion, 
difficult venue and three more points towards hopefully securing that elusive fourth spot for the Champions League. So I'm going to go with a Tottenham Hotspur win. I'm going to go with 3-1 to Spurs, but Bright Brentford will not make it easy at all. And guys, looking forward to hopefully facing you again next season. Been a joy to have you in the Premier League and enjoy the game. Keep safe, keep well. Best of luck for the rest of the season, apart from the game on Saturday. Thanks so much for having me. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Last Word on Spurs. And as always, thank you so much. Take care. So there you go, Ricky. Last Word on Spurs. Good guy, Ricky, as well. Hopefully we'll see him on Saturday. They're all invited down to the Boozer. All the Tottenham fans, all the chums that are invited down. Um, I said to you, before the match, after the match, as we, as we do, looking forward to seeing Ashley coming down and... Uh, you know, and all the other characters as well. But um, Spurs. Now, we went to Tottenham. First time we've been to that, well, that stadium with Brentford. We talked about that stadium. The, the what's, What do you call it? The karaoke stadium, your lady? Yeah, it's a karaoke bar. Yeah. yeah, Big karaoke bar. We went to the big Tottenham karaoke bar, as Laney called it. And uh, like I said to you, it's a bit, bit strange because lots of fans inside there. But it's, like I said, really hard to get a, a full-on atmosphere going. Saturday should be very different, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be. Um, you know, I'm I'm not taking anything for granted against Tottenham. On their day, they are arguably the best team in this division. You know, they they dismantled Man City at their place. They've got all the ammunition to to beat any club. They've got a really good defence on their day. They've got a really good goalkeeper on his day. They've got a cracking, pacey midfield on its day. They've got strikers that score incredible incredible goals they 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 are the real deal but their day doesn't happen every week um they are all they are also capable of turning up and doing not a lot so we need a few things to go our way um but they'll they'll come and be really wary of us um you know we we've 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 gone toe to toe with the best um over the last few weeks and pretty much all the way through the season um there was a tricky stage in the middle where we didn't seem to be trying to to, to, to to win we were just trying not to lose but I think we I think we I think we go out on, on Saturday evening and we under the lights um, it's going to be a big atmosphere and a big evening and I I, I, I think we, we stand a real good chance Bill I really do yeah, I, I mean Tottenham um, the one thing I remember and you're watching them when we played them they just smashed us on the break so fast on the break when they're on it Unbelievable, like you know what I'm saying. And uh, Tottenham fans also looking at them. Quite a few of them are a bit nervous, obviously because of our, you know, our record in the past few weeks. And what they're turning around, they're saying is that you know, they're they're wondering whether or not they're, they're thinking, you know, if, if Brentford come up, if, if most teams probably sit back against Tottenham because they know what they're like on the break and try and hit them. But they think that if we come at them, that's going to give them the opportunity. I mean, JB. What do you think about us playing Tottenham? Because at the end of the day, for me, again, it's a bit of a, we used this before, it's a bit of a free hit for us. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, what, what are you saying? Yeah, well, I agree. Early in the season, that, that uh, away game at Tottenham, they, they just ran the show, didn't they? We, we, we couldn't get close to them. Um, but it's a different Brentford team now in, in terms of the personnel that will be out there to, um, on, on Saturday. And... And I do think we can get something. You're seeing the result. There's quite a few results in this last week or so where, where the teams trying to get in those last few places are sort of tripping up because they've got the pressure on them. And actually teams, the middle group of teams like us, well, you know, we're, we're there for the ride. We're going to have a... Uh, it'll be a great atmosphere. Um, and we're, we're there for the party again, aren't we? <laughs> we we want to win it. And, um, and I really think we can... 
we'll definitely get a point out of that game. I don't think. I mean, I mean, we talk about the midfield as well. You know, domination from you know from Tottenham beforehand, but it's a different story altogether. Because obviously, we've got Christian Eriksen who knows Tottenham very well, but also the way that he plays. But Christian Norberg, he's been playing out of his skin recently as well. So, like you know, so we've I think we've got a different battle on here as well. Also, defensively, you know, we have got a different defence than we had. I think well, it's not slightly but beforehand as well because we've got David Raya back in goal, and that makes a massive difference to the way that we play. So uh, this could be very much a different game. I'm going to go over to you, lady just quickly because listen we, we're going to have to sign out here because it's all just last orders we've been here all night we've uh, the beer's been piled up and everything like that i'm going to ask you quickly laney i'm going to give you a score prediction or you're going to give me a score prediction i'll give you a score prediction um i'm going to go for a 2-1 brentford win okay all right okay jamie 2-1 brentford win bella 2-1 brentford win okay jb i'm going to i'm going to they might get it 1-1 draw I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hardcore. I'm gonna go two nil to the mighty, mighty bees. So look, listen. Here we go. Listen. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. It's been great being back in the pub. We're back in the globe. We're back here on Saturday as well. We'll be here all day having some drinks with our chums and getting ready for the Tottenham match. I'm gonna be flying off to America on Sunday morning as well. Fingers crossed. As well, be there for a week and coming back straight, going straight to Old Trafford for the Manchester United game. But listen, we are the bees. And we've had a we've had a great few weeks. We had a great time in Tottenham, uh, in Watford last week as well. Had a few good few beers with the bees before the match as well. And we're looking forward to a good few beers on Saturday. Don't forget to subscribe to us and also um, write a review. All good podcast channels just write us a review. Don't forget to also go to besotted.com forward slash beer and buy us a beer. Thank you very much to everyone who has bought us a beer. But other than that, I'm going to say, uh, oh, don't forget to get your Christian Eriksen t-shirts as well. You know, we've got them in this, uh, the Brentford and Premier the Brentford, League. Premier League Silver, Silver Edition Christmas. as well, which is on besotted.com. But like I said to you, I'm very happy. We've had a great few weeks. I feel very calm going into this Tottenham game. We've had, good, we've had a good night as well. We've had a very good night as well. We had a great stadium tour. Brentford, well done for putting that on. And uh, like I said to you, I've got Laney in the house. Good evening. I've got JB in the house. Come on, you bees. We've got Jamie in the house. Goodbye. We've got Bella in the house. You bees. And I've, my name's Billy Grant, and I've very much enjoyed myself. And we're sitting around here, and we're going to be a Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.